Well, we are four games into the 2022 World Series, and after Game 3, we were all thinking that this is absolutely insane. And then last night, the Astros made some history. Let's talk about it. Happy Thursday night, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I do apologize for missing the normal Tuesday night episode. I was just... um, just caught up with some personal stuff and with work. Work has been very busy. I do have a day job. I don't just make, uh, I don't make nearly enough money off of this to even somewhat provide an income. Uh, ad revenue is really not as lucrative as you might think until you get into the thousands of listeners, which I don't have yet. But anyway, um, just very busy and just wasn't able to do the Tuesday night episode. Um, but Thursday night worked out well enough. I'm getting something out real quick before game five starts. And uh, definitely need to because, man, this series has been one of the most entertaining uh, front front to back all the way through series that I can remember, World Series I can remember. And uh, I've seen some good ones. I mean, I'm bar- I'm old enough to remember the uh, 2011 World Series pretty well. Uh, that was a cl- instant classic. 2016 was also incredible. 2014 was a very fun World Series. Uh, 2017 and 2019, you know, there's some good ones, but 2022 has really, really been, uh, definitely, uh, in the conversation with all those and just based on all the insanity that's happened and all the history that's been made, especially in the last game, I really, this world series really holds a candle up to a lot of the other ones of, of a baseball legend. So, um, well, I guess I'll we'll just go into a recap of each of the games real quick, and then we'll uh, I'll give some more high level takes on everything. So, game one, Houston jumps out to an early five zero lead after three innings. The uh, um, Kyle Tucker hits a couple home runs, uh, making headlines early in the game. First two World Series at bats of of uh, not his career of this year uh, to. Two home runs, starts it off with a bang, uh, drives in four runs. Martin Malnado also is an RBI single. Aaron Nola did not look very good, and it looked like that Houston was going to cruise to an early uh, game one victory. Was Philly due in the top of the fourth inning? They punch right back. Uh, Nick Castellanos with a single, uh, scoring Reese Hoskins, and then Alec Bohm with a two RBI double. Castellanos just poking the ball in the left field, going down, getting the Justin Verlander curveball. And then the fifth inning, JT Ramuto, big double to left field to tie the game at five. So Verlander and Nola both got roughed up. Uh, both of them only lasted five innings. Um, I mean, by today's standards, that's not that um, that short. Well, actually, Nola was only four and a third. Um, and then the Phillies bullpen goes into lockdown mode, and they trade zeros with the, on paper, the much superior uh, Astros bullpen until the bottom, until the top of the 10th, and JT Ramuto hits a ball that just barely gets over the right field wall, gives the Phillies a 6-5 lead, and then Dave Robertson has uh, gets himself in a bit of a jam in the bottom of the 10th inning, but he gets a lead Ms. Diaz. Um, he catches a lead Ms. Diaz trying, to, trying a little too hard to take a hit by pitch. Um, he sticks his elbow out and leans over home plate, 
pretty obvious on TV, but a very gutsy call by the umpire to say that he purposely leaned into the, that pitch because you never you never see that called in the regular season. It's very rare, let alone the postseason. So, and in such a key situation, there was just, um, uh, you know, very, uh, very gutsy call by the ump, but it was definitely the right call. And then next pit or a couple pitches, Laird Diaz, uh, grounds out to third to with to seal the game for the Phillies. Um, yeah. And the Phillies definitely, I mean, this, um, uh, Houston, after their huge uh, third inning with a 5 nothing lead, they had a 93% chance to win this game, and Philly clawed all the way back. Which was um, pretty impressive to see. Um, I believe it was the first uh, five-run comeback or to come back from a deficit of greater, five runs or greater in World Series history since 2002, which uh, coincidentally happened against another team that Dusty Baker managed, this time the Giants. But yeah, very exciting game one. Game two, maybe not as much like draw as many as much of like a thrilling, exciting comeback, but there was definitely a lot of drama. Uh Fran Bravaldez looked great as usual on the mound. Six in a third inning, nine strikeouts, only one run allowed. Zach Wheeler got a little roughed up over five innings. He gave up five runs, four earned. Uh the Phillies or the Astros once again jumped out to a five-nothing lead, but this time they held on. Um, they started the game on the first three pitches or first four pitches. The first three batters got, uh, doubles Altuve, Pena and Alvarez Guriel, um, took advantage of a throwing error and reached base and that allowed an unearned run to score. And, uh, they also had a couple more runs later with a home run by Alex Bregman. Uh, he's having a fantastic postseason for the Astros. The Phillies made it interesting in the, uh, in the, in the later innings, they were able to get a sack fly in the seventh by Gene Segura, and uh, Brandon Marsh uh, hit a ball that got through Guriel's glove at, for an air and allowed uh, a run to score. Um, so it definitely wasn't like the Phillies went down quietly, but Houston definitely, their their elite pitching uh, led by Fran Valdez really held them down. There was a lot of talk afterwards about Valdez maybe having sticky stuff on him. Um, he just he seemed to be touching his uh, his uh, arms a lot, and I guess uh, uh, paranoid people were picking up on it. The Phillies' uh, explanation for why they didn't look put up a bigger stink about it or try to look into it was that they had just faced him at the end of the regular season about a month ago, and he was acting the exact same way, so they didn't see anything unusual or alarming. Just and they just chalked up to he's just has really good stuff tonight. And I think that's fair. I don't think, uh, you know, I, at this point, in order to be cheating, you'd have it's really hard to it, it's really hard to get away with that in today's game at this point. Um, but definitely create a lot of uh, drama and buzz after the game. All over the interwebs as people were talking all about where the Astros were cheating again. Um, also, he changed his glove and his shoes, which was a little strange. Um but yeah, fun little dumb after the game narratives. A dominant win, by, not dominant, but a solid win by Houston. Pretty on brand. Uh, offense uh, taking advantage of some mistakes and um, <clears throat> and uh, getting getting big hits when needed, and the pitching uh, shutting things down. Game three, 
uh, back in Philly. We were all wondering how this is going to go. The Phillies have not lost a playoff game at home all postseason. And uh, that was answered pretty quickly in the bottom of the first inning when Bryce Harper caused the Philly crowd to go into a frenzy with a two-run home run. Apparently, uh, at the university, uh, nearby college, I think it was University of Pennsylvania. I don't remember exactly what the name of the school was, but their geology department has seismograph. And when the home run happened, uh, the the vibrations that caused from all the cheering and the excitement of the fans was registering on that scale at like a small earthquake level, which is crazy. It just shows how in how tough it can be to play against Philly in Philly in October. Um, the Phillies continue to pummel uh, Lance McCullers throughout the game. Alec Boehm and Brandon Marsh hit solo shots in the bottom of the second. It was four nothing Phillies by the end of the sec by the end of the second inning, and at that point they had an eighty seven percent chance to win, and they did not let that go whatsoever. Cal uh, Schwarber and Reese Hoskins hit back to back home runs in the fifth inning. Uh, there's been a lot of talk that McCullers was tipping his pitches, which definitely seems like it because the Phillies just they could tell they were looking for things. There's a clip of Bryce Harper talking to Alec Bohm right before Bohm hit the hits the home run, so that leads me to believe that Harper had picked up on something and told uh, told Bohm to watch for whatever body movement that uh, uh, McCullers would make when he was throwing certain pitches, and that uh, um, that worked out. And Bohm was able to jack a home run himself. Kyle Schwarber's home run to center was an absolute moonshot, 432 feet. He just absolutely destroyed it as he does. And the Phillies, uh, Phillies got a great game from Ranger Suarez. They really needed uh, him to step up, and he was able to pitch five shutout innings in the bullpen with solid efforts from Nick Nelson, Connor Brogdon, Kyle Gibson, and Andrew Bellotti. So not really their main relievers, but guys who were supposed to eat up innings, they all got the job done, didn't allow a single run. And the Phillies were able to win game three pretty handily, seven to nothing. And this that was huge because the rain delay after you know the the rain delay that forced this game to be moved back back a day and forced every other game in the series to be moved back a day meant that uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler could start start games four and five instead of having them start five and six like previously planned. So this put Philly in a really good position where they were able to win a game without their one two starting pitching punch on the mound, and they had a real chance to take a win the series before it even got back to Houston. And uh, there's definitely, um, you know, momentum was definitely on their side. The numbers backed it up after at the end of game three, Philly had a 69% chance to win the world series uh, compared to 31% for Houston. They started at exactly 50% each at the beginning of the series series. So after three games, Philly had basically a two to one chance of winning. Uh, compared to Houston, but then game four, I don't really, I can't describe how awesome it was to watch this and to be able to see this. The second no-hitter in World Series history, the only other one was in 1956 with Don Larson throwing his perfect game. This one, who else? Christian Javier, the no-hit wonder. He held the Yankees hitless for most of uh, his start in the ALCS. Uh, six no-hit innings, nine strikeouts, only two walks. The Phillies could really never get anything going off, get anything going off of him. And then Abreu, Montero, and Presley sent them all down. One, two, three. 
for a combined no hitter, which even though it's not those same pitcher doing it all nine innings, it's still pretty impressive. And it's even more impressive when you think about how this is the Philadelphia lineup that was held to no hits. They're the lineup that's been absolutely crushing baseballs, all playoffs, including this series. They had not been held in check over the first three games for the most part. So, uh, yeah, um, just a really amazing job by the Astros pitching staff and Philly pitched well for the most part. Aaron Nola was looking fine until the fifth inning when he got absolutely shelled. Uh, Jose Alvarado also uh, contributed to that a little bit. And then the rest of the bullpen was able to hang on and not allow any more runs. So it was really just that one crooked number in the fifth and that gave Houston all they needed. They were able to, uh, capitalize again, no home runs here, just, uh, some hit by like a bases load hit by pitch, uh, double a sacrifice fly and a single, just kind of that Houston, uh, clutch hitting that they're known for. And yeah, they were able to, uh, take game four and series is now tied two to two. And the thing about this series is when ever, it seems like momentum shifting one way, the other team immediately punches back and brings it back to about even. And looking at the series win probability chart now, we're sitting at uh, 52% in favor of Houston, 52 to 48%. So after four games is still pretty much exactly even. Um, No team has really, over over these uh, four games, no team has been able to really differentiate themselves from the other one. There's a, um, I don't know, they're both, the kind of the net of all this excitement and craziness is that they're basically back to square one. Yes. The series is tied two to two, but it's just been so close and no, t- I can't, the momentum's definitely in Houston's favor right now coming off of that. No hit win, but who knows what's going to happen in game five. And like, like, I mean, just the whole series Philly pulls off an historic comeback to win game one on the road. Houston just comes back with an amazing Allen by Framber Valdez. And then it's a, uh, Tied one to one, and then game three, Philadelphia's like, all right, we're gonna we see that amazing pitching in game two. In game three, we're gonna absolutely destroy you guys and get our home crowd so so riled up that the earth is literally shaking. And then game four, Houston's like, all right, you guys really punch us in the mouth in game three. Well, we're not gonna allow you to punch at all and not get a single base hit all the whole game. So that's what I love about this series. It's just gone back and forth, back and forth. And we'll have to see if uh, Houston can keep ride this momentum and get a game five win on the road. That's going to really, really not seal the deal because anything is possible, but that's going to be huge for them. And if Philly wins game five uh, at home, feeds off of their home crowd energy, they go back into Houston feeling good and they just need one more win to take the series. Um, Yeah. Um, And yeah, just incredible. Like the numbers are pretty, the stats behind the win probability is just pretty much exactly even like the series is tied and no team has had a net um, huge leap over the other, I guess there's been huge leaps. It's just, they cancel each other out seven. Oh, win with five home runs by the Phillies is canceled out by a no hitter by the Astros. Um, so yeah, looking kind of at the road ahead for uh, these two teams. So I know uh, Zach Wheeler starting game five tonight. And uh, who's starting for Houston? Are they sending Verlander back out? I 
Uh, yes, they're sending Verlander back out. So it's Verlander. No, it's Verlander Syndergaard, actually. My bad. They they changed that on me. So they got Syndergaard going. Who knows how long is going to really last, so they really have not let him pitch long in the, these postseason outings. So then that means game six on uh, Saturday now. Uh, Wheeler will be going against uh, Valdez in Houston. And then if we need a game seven, uh, still to be determined. Uh, most likely it would be um, Ranger Suarez for Philly. And I'm guessing, uh, let's see, it would. it's lining up to be McCullers. How many days of rest would be for Javier? Let's see. Javier started on Wednesday night, so then Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He'd only be pitching on three days rest, which would be really dicey. But, you know, if you're Houston, it's a game seven and this is it. I would I would go with I would go with uh, Javier. Um, He's clearly the better pitcher right now. He's been untouchable in the playoffs. And uh, yeah. And props to Ranger Suarez. He really pitched well in Game Three, and if he doesn't pitch as well as he did, I don't know if um, I don't know if uh, we're having this conversation about Game Seven. It might be. It could very easily be a three-one Houston lead if uh, even with all the Philly home runs, Houston just uh, roughs up Suarez. What's interesting is outside of the two, the one-two punch that I talk a lot about with Philly, Nolan Wheeler. I kind of look at their pitching staff as they have a really great top two in the rotation. And then after that, their bullpen and the bomb half of the rotation leave a lot to be desired. It's been kind of the opposite this this World Series. Uh, combined, uh, Nola and Wheeler have given up 12 earned runs in 13 in the third innings, so definitely not what you want. But uh, every other Phillies pitcher... Ranger Suarez with his start and then all the relievers combined have an ERA of 0.8. They've given up only two earned runs in 22 and two-thirds innings. Those only two were given up by Jose Alvarado in game four. But yeah, every reliever and Ranger Suarez starting game three have all been pretty much untouchable. They're not untouchable. They've had to work out of jams, but they've been getting the job done and putting zeros on the board. I mean, uh, Bellotti is three scoreless innings. Robertson is two scoreless innings. Uh, Eflin is two and a third scoreless innings with three strikeouts. Dominguez has an inning and two thirds without allowing a run and three strikeouts. So they're getting the strikeouts. They're getting uh, putting up the zeros like they should. The Astros, um, Verlander got roughed up and McCullers got roughed up. Kind of, kind of the same story. But then uh, the back end, uh, I wouldn't call Valdez the back end, but their other stars have been doing amazingly and their bullpen has been very on point as well. Luis Garcia is the only person from the bullpen to give up an earned run. Uh, Presley gave up an unearned run uh, in game three, no game two. Um, but yeah. And uh, the Phillies have six home runs. They've been absolutely knocking the cover off the ball. Houston is definitely the better batting average though. And they've been getting more of the uh, stringing rallies together kind of thing. Philly, of course, just going with their usual, just smack, smack the ball around and hit a bunch of long balls. And it's, it's fun to watch, but um, if your bats go cold and you can't get those long balls, then it's hard to, it's hard when you come up with that mentality and you can't string up a few hits together to make something happen that way. But anyway, really exciting uh, series. I, my Houston and six prediction still stands as possible. Although I think it's only fitting that this series goes to a game seven. I hope it does. It's been really entertaining baseball. We'll see what happens tonight. Can Verlander redeem himself? Or is Noah Syndergaard going to tap into some of that 2015 Thor magic and uh, 
put on a show for us tonight. We'll have to wait and see. I'm um, looking ahead. I might try to do an episode on Saturday or even maybe tomorrow night, uh, given the off night, talking a little more about what to look for for the next two games, but we'll have to see. But uh, stay tuned and uh, keep enjoying this uh, this crazy World Series. And if you got to watch that no hitter last night, really, I don't know. Don't I don't like to get too worked up and sentimental, but just take a moment to appreciate the fact that you got to watch that because only only people who were alive in 1956 and paying attention have ever can say that they've ever seen something like this before. Um, so this was truly an incredible moment to witness in baseball history. The Astros, uh, no hitting the Phillies again, no hitting the Phillies, one of the most powerful feared lineups in uh, baseball today. But anyway, yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the series and uh, keep on the lookout for another episode coming up soon. All right, and that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Straight Out Left. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find this podcast, as always, on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple, and many other podcasting platforms. Also, make sure you follow the Instagram page, straightoutleft.pod, to uh, get some content that way. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you all again soon.